0: Life Audio. The Bible Study Podcast, Episode 852. Today, the Bible Study Podcast continues a study of the Book of Psalms with Psalm 118. (music) Welcome to the Bible Study Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Christensen. We're going to continue on with Psalm 118. Psalm 119 scares me a little bit, as that's the longest chapter in the Bible, and we're going to do that next week. But first, Psalm 118, after a word from the sponsor. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-497-4410. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. Psalm 118, give thanks to the Lord for He is good. His love endures forever. Let Israel say, His love endures forever. Let the house of Aaron say, His love endures forever. Let those who fear the Lord say, His love endures forever. I'm going to do this one piece by piece. It is a little bit of a longer psalm, it is 29 verses long. And again, this one has that structure that reminds us that this was originally a song. That call response here of let Israel say his love endures forever. Let Aaron say it. Let those who fear the Lord say it. Trying to remember, trying to build in this, I want to say almost muscle memory, to remember when times are good, his love endures forever, so that in times that are hard, You can more easily call that to mind that his love endures forever. Give thanks to the Lord for he is good. His love endures forever. When hard pressed, I cry to the Lord. He brought me into a spacious place. The Lord is with me. I will not be afraid. What can mere mortals do to me? The Lord is with me. He is my helper. I look in triumph on my enemies. And there we go. We're in hard times already here. The psalmist was hard-pressed and cried out to the Lord. And the psalmist is telling us his experience so that we know that when we find ourselves also hard-pressed, what we should do, which is cry out to the Lord, who will bring us into a spacious place. I think that's an interesting way to say that. The Lord is with me. I will not be afraid. What can mortals do to me? it is helpful for us to understand that other people may dislike you for your faith. Other people may actually persecute you for your faith. And I don't mean what we call persecution here in the United States, which is people who disagree with you or are disagreeable. That's not persecution. Persecution is when they jail you or beat you up or you can't get a job because you don't go to the young communist group because you're a Christian or something like that. But there will be people who oppose you because of your faith. And what this psalmist is saying here is, but we need to understand that God's say in what we do is greater. God's ability to change our life, for better or for worse, is greater what can mortals do for me? If God is with me, who can be against me? It's that kind of thing. And the answer is a lot of people, but does it matter? The Lord is with me. He's my helper. I look in triumph on my enemies. It is better to take refuge in the Lord than to trust in humans. It is better to take refuge in the Lord than to trust in princes. All the nations surrounded me, but in the name of the Lord, I cut them down. They surrounded me on every side, but in the name of the Lord, I cut them down. They swarmed around me like bees, but they were consumed as quickly as burning thorns. In the name of the Lord, I cut them down. I was pushed back and about to fall, but the Lord helped me. The Lord is my strength and my defense. He has become my salvation. So I trust in the Lord. I take refuge in the Lord, that I put my trust in God and not in humans, and That's certainly something that we can understand, not for any nefarious reason necessarily, but we humans are fallible. We just are. We don't always come through when we say we're going to come through. So even if it's just because you can't count on us in the same way as you can count on God, you ought to put your trust in God. Now, it's interesting. I won't put my trust in princes. I won't put my trust in we don't have a lot of princes. So how does that relate to us? I won't put in my trust in the government to save me. Um, now, I know some people in Christianity in my country are very anti government I don't think it's necessarily talking about that. I think it's talking more about that even something as powerful as princes, even as something as powerful as government, isn't where you put your trust. Right, You can't put your trust in people because they're fallible. Well, so are governments, so are princes. They're unreliable, and they can't always be counted on. The nations surround me, but the Lord cut them down. They surrounded me on every side, but the name of the Lord, I cut them down. Now, I'm reading through, as I mentioned before, Chronicles right now. There's some very discouraging things that happen in Chronicles and some very encouraging, and I'm reading through, for instance, right now about King Asa, A-S-A, who was one of those faithful kings who cuts down the high places where they're worshiping other gods and brings people back. And there were a couple times where militarily he is is tested. The Cushites, for instance, invade, but he calls out to God and relies on God and wins a great victory. And that's the kind of thing that's going on here. All the nations surround me. They surround me on every side. But in the name of the Lord, I cut them down. But God gave us strength or God gave us victory. They swarmed me like bees, but they were consumed as quickly as burning thorns. In the name of the Lord, I cut them down. I don't think we're supposed to be going out and cutting people down, but what I think it's talking about is that on this rock, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Well, gates are defensive, so it means that no matter what they throw at me, I can't be destroyed. I was pushed back and about to fall, but the Lord helped me. The Lord is my strength and my defense. He has become my salvation. And when we talk about salvation here in Old Testament, we're usually talking about saved from something very specific. And it's quite often the foreign invader or the pestilence or some terrible thing that is going on. It's Passover and how the angel of the Lord passes over the people of Israel's houses when this terrible thing is happening. Now, of course, we have a different understanding of it in a spiritual sense, those of us who are on this side of the resurrection. But the Lord is still my strength, my defense, and has become my salvation. Shouts of joy and victory resound in the tents of the righteous. The Lord's right hand has done mighty things. The Lord's right hand is lifted high. The Lord's right hand has done mighty things. I will not die, but live and will proclaim what the Lord has done. The Lord has chastened me severely, but he has not given me over to death. Open for me the gates of the righteous. I will enter and give thanks to the Lord. This is the gate of the Lord through which the righteous may enter. I will give you thanks for you answered me. You have become my salvation. So again, the psalmist remembering and shouting this joy and victory uh, that God has saved him, and. And I say him because I think all the psalm writers were men, but I don't really know that, so I might not, I might not be correct when I say that, and I apologize if you know something that I don't that some of the psalm writers were women. There's certainly re- no reason why they couldn't be. Some of the judges were. The psalm's right hand has done many things. It talks about the Lord's right hand, the Lord's power. He has done many things. It's lifted high. It's done many things, and I will not die but live. Now, clearly, this. Psalm is written by someone alive, and that is a characteristic that is true of all the psalms at the time they were written, is that written by someone alive. It does not mean that those who are faithful in the Lord never die. We know that not to be true. I am dealing with that in a very personal and real way this week, as my father died three days ago at the age of ninety seven, lived a good life, but he did die, and he was faithful in the Lord. But it's talking here about all the things that God has done that last victory will have will be over death. And, but the psalmist here has been talking about, he has been saved from death. Open for me the gates of the righteous. I will enter and give thanks to the Lord. I'm not sure what the gates of the righteous is. Is this the gates of heaven? Is this the gates of the temple? This is the gate of the Lord through which the righteous may enter. I think of Jesus as the gate of the Lord to which the righteous may enter, that way that we have to get through and to God. I will give you thanks for you answered me. You have become my salvation. Again, that call response, that, that repetition there so that we remember those things that God answers when you call. And then this is another familiar verse. The stone the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. The Lord has done this, and it is marvelous in our eyes. The Lord has done this, done it this very day. Let us rejoice today and be glad. And certainly, our understanding of this side of the Old Testament is that the stone the builders rejected is Jesus, as Jesus will quote this very verse in the New Testament. The Lord has done it, and it is marvelous in our eyes. The Lord has done amazing things. Lord, save us. Lord, grant us success. And I wonder if the psalmist is writing this hasn't been saved from everything yet. Certainly, we know that last enemy death has not been beaten yet at the time of this writing. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. From the house of the Lord, we bless you. The Lord is God. And he has made his light shine on us with bows in hand, join in the festal procession up to the horns of the altar. And so it talks about this, this parade of success, this parade after victory. And this parade is going into the altar, up to the horns of the altar. You are my God, and I will praise you. You are my God, and I will exalt you give thanks to the Lord for he is good, his love endures forever. And so we close the way we started with remembering the love of the Lord and remembering that it endures. It endures for the psalmist and it endures in our lives as well, no matter how difficult the week you may be going through. And trust me, I know. With that, we're going to end this episode of the Bible Study Podcast. If you have any questions, send an email to host at com, or better yet, leave a comment on this episode at com. And thanks so much for listening. I want to take just a second to thank the team at Life Audio for their partnership with us on this podcast. If you go to lifeaudio.com, you'll find dozens of other faith-centered podcasts in their network. They've got shows about prayer, Bible study, parenting, and more. It's a crazy world out there, moms and dads. I'm Catherine Seegers, host of Christian Parent, Crazy World, the podcast that tackles tough topics to help you be a godly parent in an ungodly world. Subscribe at lifeaudio.com. dot com.